want you, if you would, to turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 3. First Timothy chapter 3, we're just going to read one verse, and that is the last verse, verse 16. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. There's one little phrase right there that we're going to talk about today where it says that God was manifest in the flesh, and then it says he was believed on in the world. Believed on in the world. Jesus Christ must be believed on. This is our 12th lesson. we got one more next week, I believe. The 12th lesson or sermon on the doctrine of Christ. Who, who he is, what, what he is. Uh, the Son of God, the Son of Man, His ministry, what He's done, all that compiled, it comes down to, to one responsibility on man. He, we must believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. After laying out all the doctrines and proven, you know, through the Scriptures, the testimony of Christ, He was born of a virgin, died for the sins of the world. There's no Savior but the Lord. He's the healer, sanctifier, coming King, the good shepherd. We've gone through all these things, the righteous judge. He must be believed upon. You must, one must believe in, the G, in Jesus Christ. He was believed upon in the world, is how it says at the end of that, that scripture that we just read. And I thought about it. All, nature knows, all, of, all the creation knows its creator. Uh, the, the angels know that God is God and that Christ is Lord. Even the demons, the Bible says, believe and tremble. Though they're not redeemed, they believe and tremble. They know. It says in Isaiah, the Lord's rebuking Israel, and he says the ox knows his, his owner and the, and the ass his master's crib, but my people don't consider, my people don't know, he says. We're to know, we're to know, we're to believe upon Jesus Christ, amen? When, the, when Paul and Silas were in the Philippian prison for preaching Christ, and God delivers them at midnight and sends this earthquake as they're praising the Lord. And the, the doors spring open and they come out. And the, the guard comes running in, the Roman guard. And it's his responsibility to watch these prisoners and guard them and let none escape. And he thinks that they've escaped. And he comes, Paul says, Don't, he's about to kill himself because he thinks he's blown it. He let all his prisoners escape. And Paul says, Don't do yourself any harm. We're all still here. And the man comes springing in with the light, and, and he says, what must I do to be saved? And Paul says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved, you and your household. And then he proceeded to, to preach the gospel to him and teach them so he would know who he's believing in. And the man took him home to his house, and he was saved, his family was saved, and the man washed their wounds, their stripes that they had received before being tossed into prison. But Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. The only proper response for man, woman, or child towards the Son of God is to believe upon him. That's the only proper response. There's a bunch of other responses that people have. The only proper response is to believe upon him, to give our lives to him, to fall at his feet and worship him. That's the only proper response. Once having seen this is the Lord, 
We are to fall at his feet and believe upon him and worship him. To to believe upon him as Savior. To believe upon him as Lord. To believe that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God. To believe that he is God in the flesh and was God in the flesh when he came to this earth. To believe that he is the righteous judge. To believe that he is the forgiver of sins. To believe that he is the healer and the sanctifier. To believe that he is the soon and coming king. We have to believe that. You can't just cross your arms and say, well, I don't know if I want to believe that. We have to. A man must believe in Christ. Amen? Must believe in Christ. 1 John 5, 5 says, Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? You want to overcome in this life? Have faith in Jesus Christ. All of us have troubles. All of us have trials and tribulations. All of us have things that come against our life. The lost and, and the saved. We all have it. it God causes it to rain on the just and the unjust. But he is, who is he that overcomes the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. We're going to overcome. We're going to overcome because we have faith in God. Amen? Just what we talked about in Sunday school this morning. A man or all men must believe on Christ. One cannot simply believe whatever he or she chooses to believe and be okay. I'm going to say it again. I know that you know this. The world is so open-minded, right? So open-minded, their brains fall out, right? That we're so open-minded, we're going to believe this, and you can't criticize that, and their belief is just as valid as that belief. And no, it's not. Not because I say so, but because God says so, right? You cannot believe whatever you want to believe and be okay. You can't just choose to believe and worship nature or worship this or that or the other and think you're going to be okay. You're not. That's why the Bible says, speak the truth in love. We need to tell people, amen? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. We have to tell people. But everybody is so open-minded. They're open-minded to everything except the truth of Jesus Christ. They're closed-minded to that, right? But one cannot believe whatever they want and be saved and be okay and be eternally secure and be right with God and be right when they die and, the, and so forth. You cannot believe whatever you want. Jesus, I'm going to give you his words because mine mean nothing. We're going to look at his word. John 8, 24, if you're taking notes. Jesus said, I said, therefore, unto you that ye shall die in your sins. For if you believe not, that's what we're talking about today, believing in Christ. For if you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. You have to believe, specifically in Jesus. All of it comes down and all the focus just comes zooming in, zooming in, zooming in on Christ. That's it. That's who you have to believe upon. That's the Savior of the world. Forget all the other stuff that's out there. It's just, it's just uh, deception and, and tricks of the devil and confusion. And God's not the author of confusion. He says, my son, believe in him. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear ye him. We're to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, period. Oh, I believe there are many ways to God. I believe there are many ways to heaven. I believe that Christians have their Christ and their way, and the Hindus have their way, and the Muslims have their way, but we're all going to the same place. That's just their way to get to God. No, it's not. No, it's not. For there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Neither is there salvation in any other. It is Jesus Christ. Is it dogmatic? You better believe it's dogmatic. Is it safe? Yes. Is it clear? Yes. Let's make it clear and safe. Come through Christ. 
It is a narrow way. Narrow is the gate. Straight is the gate. Narrow is the way that leads to life, and few there be that find it. But say it a thousand times, it's a narrow gate. It's Christ. He's the door, okay? But it is still wide enough for all. That gate is narrow as Christ, but it's wide enough for every human on this planet to come in if they choose. Every Muslim, every Hindu, every, every atheist, every Satanist, everybody can come through Christ if they choose to. Amen? But we must believe in him and in him alone. Believe means this word that's being used in all these scriptures believed upon in the world. Jesus said, unless you believe that I'm he, you'll die in your sins. What does that word believe mean? It's not very tricky. It actually means to have faith in or upon. Have faith in or upon a thing or with respect to a person. This is the actual Greek word. To commit to trust. I.e., to trust, entrust one's spiritual well-being to. To me, that really says it all. If I believe in Christ and upon Christ, what I'm actually doing in a biblical sense, if it's that type of faith, real saving faith, and I believe, say I believe in Christ, I'm entrusting my spiritual well-being to Christ. That's what the word means. Not just to simply believe that there is a Christ and that Jesus is the one that was born as a virgin in Bethlehem, but to believe upon Christ. To put our faith in him, to entrust our spiritual well-being and say, here I come. And basically you put yourself in the Lord's hands for all eternity. That's belief. That's believing. Amen. That if we, but that if we, would, if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in our heart that God hath raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth Confession is made unto salvation. The heart. We believe in our hearts. Do we believe in our minds? Yes. But this is saving faith. We must believe in our hearts in the Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever, uh, uh, that was Romans 10, 9 and 10. Whatever other opinion, I guess you would say, that a man has of Christ, whatever other uh, response they have to the preaching of the gospel, whatever other take, so to speak, that they have on Jesus is worthless if it is not that. So whatever other response other than believing in the Lord Jesus Christ with our hearts and upon Christ and turning to him as Savior and Lord, whatever other opinion a man has of Christ is worthless. Whatever opinion other than that that a man has a response to Christ is, is uh, incorrect. It cannot and will not save. It cannot and will not prosper or profit or benefit that individual. Whatever else they say, well, I respect Jesus. Well, do you respect him enough to give your life to him, to entrust your spiritual well-being to? Because anything short of that and other than that is not going to benefit you. Do we believe upon the Lord like that? Jesus said in John we know we had his, his conversation with Nicodemus saying, you must be born again. God so loved the world, right? He gave his only begotten son. A few verses later, he says, he that believeth, that's the word we're talking about. He that believeth is not condemned. Just by what? By believing. A true, sincere belief in Jesus Christ. He that believeth is not condemned. He that believeth not. And that's the only criteria. Believing or unbelief in Christ. He that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the, in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Why are, why are you condemned? 
because I didn't believe in Jesus. That's what it comes down to. These people are equally guilty of committed sins, the Christian and the non-Christian. Maybe the Christian's committed worse sins than the non-Christian. But the Christian is not condemned any longer because he's in Christ, because he believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied, right? Thank you, Jesus, you've washed me white, saved my life. And so, but it, the criteria and the standard is faith in Jesus Christ, belief in the Lord, not who's done a better job of keeping the commandments of God through life. It's who's trusted in Christ. Once we trust in the Lord, he'll make us good. Amen. He'll begin to work in our lives and sanctify us. I want to do something this morning. I've got a little chart I'm going to be reading from. You would never see it out there. I want to talk about just briefly uh, some different beliefs about, specifically about Christ. And, and there have been people, this is just one of, them, one of these charts, okay? So I got this chart opened up. And on this chart, it, it compares the beliefs of different relig- of the world's religions. All right, you've seen them before probably. And it'll have Jehovah's Witness and Mormonism and Christian science and Scientology and Islam and so forth, Hinduism. And in that chart, it'll, it'll give just a little couple of sentences about uh, what do they believe about uh, what is their Bible? Okay, what, what, are the, what are the Muslims use for a Bible? What do Christians use for a Bible? And then it gets to this point, in their religion, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Okay? And I want to just start. I'm not going to read every one of these. It would take all day. But I just want to give, give you, to get us thinking, where is the world out there? What are they thinking about the Christ of the Bible? Okay? What are they saying about him? And in their religion, what do they believe about Jesus? Jesus has a place in most of these religions. Okay? All right, in Islam, I'm going to start right with that, okay? Islam, Jesus, who's called Isa, I-S-A in Arabic, is one of, this is what they believe. I'm not putting words in their mouth, okay? Isa is is one of the most respected of over 124,000 prophets sent by Allah. Jesus was sinless, born of a virgin, a great miracle worker, listen here, but not the Son of God. Not the Son of God. His virgin birth was like Adam's in the sense that God just created him. All right? Jesus is not God. And, not, and God is not Jesus. He was not crucified. Jesus, not, they, they believe that Jesus will come back and, and at some point come back and turn Christians to Islam. Now, is that, is that the, the Christ of the Scriptures? Well, obviously not, okay? I'm, I'm preaching to the choir. You know these things, but it's important. I want us to, to hear this in Judaism, okay? Judaism. Who is Jesus? Jesus is seen as either an extremist false messiah or a good, one of the two, false messiah or a good but martyred Jewish rabbi. Many Jews do not consider Jesus at all. Jews accept, uh, I says it Jews do not believe he was the Messiah, the Son of God, or that he rose from the dead. Orthodox Jews believe the Messiah will come and restore the Jewish kingdom on this earth. So they don't believe in Jesus. They don't even consider him, or they say he was just false. It's false and misguided. Hinduism. Jesus Christ is a teacher, a guru, or an avatar. 
he is, he is a, a son of God, as are others. His death does not atone for sins, and he did not rise from the dead. I'll just give a couple more. Buddhism. Jesus Christ is not part of historic Buddhist worldview. Buddhists in the West today generally view Jesus as an enlightened teacher. Okay? Uh, a couple more, just quickly, because some that might be, we know they're not, but may, might be considered more Christian beliefs. Jehovah's Witness, they say about Jesus, Jesus is not God. Before he lived on the earth, he was Michael the archangel. It's interesting. They believe he was Michael the archangel. Then he came and took on Jesus on this time on the earth. And before he went to the cross, he became Michael. They don't believe he died on the cross, but on the stake, he became Michael the archangel again. On earth, he was a man who lived a perfect life. After dying on a stake, not a cross, he was resurrected as a spirit. His body was destroyed. Jesus is not coming again. He returned invisibly in 1914 in the spirit. Very soon, he and the, angel, and the angels will destroy all non-Jehovah's witnesses. Okay, that's what they believe about Jesus. All right, a couple more. Mormonism. Jesus is a separate God with a little g from the father Elohim. He was created as a spirit child by the father and mother in heaven and is, is the elder brother of all men and spirit beings. His body was created through sexual union between Elohim and Mary. Jesus was married. His death on the cross does not provide full atonement for all sin, but does provide everyone with the resurrection. I could go on, New Age, Scientology, all these different beliefs. I don't say those things that I'm saying to ridicule other beliefs. I'm saying that they're not correct. They're not biblical. They're, that's not the truth about Jesus Christ. And all you have to do to, to, uh, to prove that is go to the scriptures. If, don't, you don't have to get in an argument with people. You, you just need to go to the scriptures. Hold on a second. You're a Mormon. You're knocking at my door. Here, tell me what you believe, and I will tell you what the Bible says. And we'll see if those line up. That's the only criteria we have to full up concern ourselves with. Well, I know a Muslim, a Mormon's a pretty good guy. And I know, none of that matters. I know some Muslims that I work with. They're really nice. Their kids play soccer with our kids. None of that matters. I'm talking about eternal life. We're talking about trusting Jesus Christ. What do you believe about him? In John 1.1, 1, 1, it says, you always go to this. The Jehovah's Witness knocks at your door. The Mormon knocks at your door. Uh, someone has a different take. Well, we respect Jesus. You know, Dean, I know, I know you, you all have as well, but I remember we talked to some Muslims in a, a park near our house, a Breck Park, and there was a bunch of them out there. And it always comes down to who, you can always bring it right down to that, to cut to the chase. And instead of talking about all the, the, uh, the religious uh, rites and so forth of the different religions. Who is Christ in your religion? Who is Jesus Christ in your religion? Well, Jehovah's Witness Bible, the Watchtower Bible, they have their own translation of the scriptures. I know that you've heard this so many times. I'm going to say it again. John 1.1, 1, 1, King James. 
the Bible we reread. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Goes on to talk about he created all things and so forth. And that same word became flesh and dwelt among us. Okay? All right there in context. The Watchtower Bible says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was a God. Well, hold on. Time out right here. Because Jesus said, unless you believe that I am he, which is another name for the Lord, I am. I am he. You're going to die in your sins. We have to believe he is the one and only son of God, that he was actually God in the flesh. He wasn't just a man sent by God, like John the Baptist was a man sent by God. Elijah was a man sent by God. I thank the Lord for him, but they can't save me. They needed saviors. Amen? And so uh, we, we can go to that one scripture. Let me read this to you. If you're taking notes, again, 1 John 2, 22 and 23. Who is a liar? But he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. He is an antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. You can't pick one or the other either. We believe God is God, but we don't believe Jesus is God. We believe God is God and Jesus was a good prophet, a rabbi, uh, whatever. Even born of a virgin. We don't believe he was God or is God. We don't believe that he can save and he alone saves us from our sins. Then that's not proper belief. That's not going to be saving belief. Y'all, I mentioned all these religions. There was a bunch more on there. And, and there was also the Gnostics in John's day. I just read from 1 John. The, the Gnostics said, there was one group of Gnostics that specifically said this. In John's day... Christ came upon Jesus at his baptism, but left him before the cross. I mean, it's all these different beliefs. It's almost like they're thinking too hard. We just need to believe what the scripture says. That Christ was a man, and at the baptism with John the Baptist when he was 30 years old, when we read about it, the Holy Spirit came upon him in the form of a dove, and the Lord testified, Father testified, this is my son, my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. And the Gnostics believe that Christ came upon Jesus at that moment and left him before he went to the cross. It's just, it's, it's foolishness. It's false. It's another doctrine. There are other, Paul warned the church at Corinth, there are other Christ, other gospels, and other spirits. There are. Just don't pretend like they're not. We're all really worshiping the same God. We're not. It's all really whatever you feel and I feel in my religion. It's all the Holy Spirit. We're all going to the same place. We're all getting there in different paths. No, we're not. No, we're not. John 7, right? We enter in by the gate in John chapter 10 and Matthew 7. That the, the, the gate is narrow. It's Christ. I'm glad it's that way. Because I don't, I'm not left to my own to grope around in darkness and try to figure it out and hope I pick the right one. It's Christ. And we need to believe that and believe his truth. Amen. So, again, it's not any joy in, in talking about these other faiths. Just bring it to, to, the, to the word of God. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they be of God. There are many antichrists have gone out into the world. This is how we know it's the end times and so forth. We have to believe in the Christ of the scriptures. I want you to turn with me to 1 John. Chapter 5.
Christ was believed upon in the world. He must be, be believed upon. But it must be the Christ of the scriptures in which we're believing. 1 John chapter 5. This is a great passage to know. Verses 9 through 13. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God which he hath testified of his son. Let me ask you this. Did, did God the Father say I have many sons and Jesus is just one of them? Did God the Father uh, say that, that Jesus wasn't going to die for our sins and so forth? You understand, we've got to go to the record that God has given us. He hath believed, he that believeth on the Son of God hath this witness in himself. That's the Holy Spirit. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. Why is the Bible so important? Why is Satan trying so, to, so hard to undermine the Scriptures and give us watered-down versions and false versions and perverted versions and discount it and says it doesn't matter what version you use and kids can't even memorize Scriptures because they don't even know what Bible they're even using? Why? Because it, God has given a record of His Son. And we must believe that record of His Son. You cannot believe any Jesus you want and be okay. This is the record that God had given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. You ever doubted your salvation before at any point in your life? Sometimes people do. And I go to a scripture like this, and I want to, the only way I can encourage them, and talking real encouragement, like in Holy Ghost encouragement, is to bring them back to what, what did the scripture say? What did the scripture say? We have to be able to rest on that and believe what God has said. These things he says in verse 13, I've written unto you that believe that you may know that you have eternal life. Once we've given our life to Christ, we need to rest there. But it's this Christ, not the Christ of Islam, Mormonism, the Unification Church, or anything like that. It's the Christ of the Scriptures, not the Christ of the New Age. Jesus, uh, Peter, when he's preaching on the day of Pentecost, said, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made the same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and and Christ. What Jesus are you talking about? The Jesus of the, the New Age? You know, the, uh, the, this cosmic Christ, which is just this force out there that we tap into. He's nothing special. It might not even be a he. It might be a she, according to them. But Peter says, let everybody know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus who you crucified, both Lord and Christ. That's the one. Amen? That's the one, and there is no other. And so he is who he says he is. He is who the Bible declares him to be. He is who he proved himself to be. Through the fulfillment of scriptures, through the prophecies, through the miracles, through his life, death, burial, and resurrection, he proved himself to be the one unique only Son of God, Savior of the world, God incarnate, who died for the sins of the world and rose again. Paul says, concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was made of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the son of God with power 
according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection of the dead. It all comes down to this, y'all. It really does. It comes down to this. Who do you say that Jesus is? I could have gone on for hours about different beliefs. Uh, I would say sometimes I, I honestly believe as many people as on the planet, that's how many different beliefs of, there are. I know that's probably uh, stretching it a little bit. But when Jesus came to Caesarea Philippi, you can read about it in Matthew 16, he asked his disciples. He'd been out in the public all day ministering. He goes back with his disciples, and he says to them, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? You hear people talking. What do they say? All right? And, and they say, Well, some say you're John the Baptist, who'd already been beheaded, like he'd come back to life. Some say you're Elijah, come back from the dead, or Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Okay? Jesus says, All right. Who do you say that I am? And that's actually what it comes down to every single person. I could point to one, who do you say that I am? And they're in the same family, and I say, who do you say that he is? Every individual has to know and believe and trust. Who do you say that I am? And Peter, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, has the revelation and speaks the truth and says, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen. That's it. He got it. He got it right. You're a good teacher. You're a good rabbi. You're a miracle worker. You're one of the prophets. You're like Elijah. No, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, blessed art thou, Simon, son of Jonah. For flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven revealed it to you. And I say unto you that upon this profession, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. His church is built upon that profession of faith. Who do you say that I am? Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen? And so I must believe upon Christ. You must believe upon Christ. It doesn't really matter in one sense to you or to me what others think. In other words, it doesn't matter what my teacher thinks, my professor thinks, my mother, my father, my brother, my sister, my classmates, my pastor, my priest, my friends, some famous athlete or actor, it doesn't matter what they think. Who do you say that he is? Well, everybody on campus believes this, and nobody believes it's Christ. No, who do you say that he is? It comes down to that. It's, the Bible says when Jesus was preaching in John chapter 6, he preached about eating his flesh and drinking his blood figuratively and spiritually. Uh, they didn't understand. They were offended. And it says they, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? And it says uh, from that time, many went back and walked no more with Jesus. So some of those disciples that had followed him, followed him, followed him. We believe, we believe, we believe. They came to a point uh, and it, they said this is too hard. They went back and walked no more with Jesus. John chapter 6. So what does Jesus do? He turns to the 12. And he says, will you go away also? What do they reply? Peter, once again, says, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's it, y'all. That's what it keeps coming down. It has to, well, they had 70 disciples and, and 58 left. 
Well, maybe, maybe they're right. No, it comes down to you. Peter, who do you say that I am? John, who do you say that I am? James, who do you say that I am? Andrew, who do you say that I am? We have to have our, our own faith and trust in the Lord. We need to place our faith wholly and solely in the Lord, in his blood, in his finished work of redemption. There is no salvation in any other. He does all to bring men to Christ. He does all to bring men to Christ, and he leaves the choice up to us. He did create us with a free will. I don't believe in Calvinism. I don't believe in election when it comes to individual salvation. I don't believe that's what's taught in the scripture. That's why I don't believe it. He created us and gave us the free choice, but the consequences of my choice to believe or not believe, to believe or reject Christ, period, has the greatest importance. I can't think of the words to describe the importance of the choice that you make on believing in Jesus Christ or not. It's immeasurable. It's eternal. Jesus said, what will a man give in exchange for his soul? We have to believe. Amen. I'm going to read another scripture here. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him and he in God. I'm going to close with this thought. We, we can't say that well, I just can't believe. In other words, I, I just can't believe that gospel story. It's too simple. It's too crazy. It's too many miracles. It's too, it's too this or that. My upbringing just won't let me do it. My education, my religion, my culture, my, my intelligence, etc. I just can't believe. That is not biblical either. That statement is not true. They won't believe. They can believe but they choose not to believe. Jesus says, search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life. And they are they which testify of who? Me. And you know what the next sentence he says? And you will not come unto me that you might have life. Isn't that something? He's telling, search the scriptures. You already know the scriptures. He's talking to the, the Jews. You know the, search them. They testify of me and you won't come. You will not, because they have a will. They have a will to come or not to come. You won't believe. The Jews kept asking for a sign and a miracle from Jesus, and then they would believe. No, they wouldn't. They, kept, they asked him plainly. Tell, after, this is late in his ministry, they had seen him do all these miracles, and they come to Jesus, and they said, Art thou the Christ? Tell us plainly. He said unto them, If I tell you, you will not believe. Nothing he could say or do would make them believe. There are people like that. It's not that they can't believe. It's that they choose not to believe. The scriptures call it an evil heart of unbelief. We think murder is evil and, you know, this is evil and this, this horrible crime is evil. And they are. But the Bible says, Jesus said, and the word of God says that it's an evil heart of unbelief. Because all the evidence is there and you still refuse. You shake your puny little fist at God and says, I will not believe. That's the evil heart of unbelief. We'll close with just a couple of biblical examples. And I want to say this. Praise God that all can believe. All can believe. 
Nobody is, nobody is excluded. It's not a special club. All can believe. We go out preaching in the highways and the byways, telling people, rich, poor, young, old, every married, unmarried, educated, uneducated, we sowed the seed. The sower went forth to sow. All can believe. They can. And all by believing can be saved. Hallelujah. That's good news. There's a true story I heard of uh, D.L. Moody. I've shared it before. Lived in the late 1800s and uh, among other things, a wonderful evangelist and preacher, he was a, for a short time, a chaplain in the Union, for the Union in the uh, Army and Civil War. And he was called from his house one night somewhere around Chicago. Uh, Mr. Moody, would you please come pray for this young soldier? He's wounded. He's laying in the tent over here. Uh, he's calling for a preacher. And so Moody says, sure. And he hurries to go see the, the young boy that's wounded, terribly wounded. Doesn't look like he's going to live much longer. And he says, I'm here, son. And he goes, preacher, can you help me die? And Moody says, son, I, I can't help you die. Something I can't do. If I, if I could, I would. If I could pick, scoop you up in my arms and bring you to heaven myself, I would do it. I can't do that. He says, I can tell you about the Savior. And he sat down by his bed and opened his Bible and began to read. John 3, 16. He's reading through all of John chapter 3. And he gets to that one verse where it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And these voices stop right there. He goes, Is it, does it really say that? He goes, yeah. He goes, read it again. So he reads it again. For God so loved whosoever believeth in him. Read it again. And he reads it again. He read it like six times. He goes, is it really that simple? All I have to do is believe. He goes, and he got real excited. He goes, anybody can believe. This is a young boy. A, a rich man can believe. A young man like me can believe. A dying man can believe. Anybody can believe. He goes, read it again. And he reads it again. He, he finishes reading. He looks at him. The boy just had a smile on his face. And hands were closed and he had died and to go be with the Lord. But I, I just think how gracious of the Lord. Anybody can believe. Anybody can believe. And by believing, we're saved. Right? What did Philip tell that? Ethiopian uh, eunuch when the Lord sent him on that special mission to meet him on the desert road. He was heading back to Ethiopia. He's reading from the Old Testament scriptures and he doesn't know the Lord. Wealthy, a prominent man in the, in the Queen's uh, government. And he says, do you understand what you're reading? Philip says, he says, no, I need somebody to teach me. And Philip hops up in the chariot with him and they keep heading out of town. And he begins at that point to preach who to him? Christ. Isaiah 53. Philip begins to preach Christ to him. So he talked to him about baptism. And they come by a little pool of water. And the man says, well, well here, here's water. What does hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may be. Believe. As simple as that. How did he grow up? What was his life? None of that mattered. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you believe with all your heart, you may be baptized. And the man said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. 
They jumped out of the chariot. He baptized him. The Lord took Philip somewhere else and moved him off. And the man went rejoicing on his way. Why? Because he passed from death to life. He passed from death to life by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to close with, with one more. You can turn with me to John chapter 9. D, you can come up. John chapter 9. This is one of my favorite accounts in the Bible. There's this man that was born blind, okay? Never had seen his whole life. And Jesus heals him. And he goes about his way. And the Pharisees find him later and they say, how would you receive your sight? Well, this man named Jesus came and he made some um, mud out of the clay basically and wiped it on my eyes and I went washed and now I can see. Now, now who it, tell, tell me, how, how did he really do it? Who is this guy and how did he do it? I told you, this is all I know. All I know is I was blind and Jesus touched me and now I can see. And he repeated it over and over. They were furious at him because the Jews did not believe in Jesus. They didn't believe he was the Christ or the, the Son of God and that he could do this. And they said, we know this man's a sinner. Give God the glory. Tell us that he's really a sinner. Tell us how you really got healed. He repeats the thing over and over. Finally, they kick him out of the synagogue. This was a big deal to be kicked out of the synagogue. Okay? And so Jesus doesn't leave him. I always say this. He opened his eyes physically, but he didn't leave him hanging there. Read with me John chapter 9, verse 35. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And when he had found him, he said unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? This is all that matters. This is all it comes down to. He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. In other words, you've seen me, and I'm the one talking to you. Pretty straightforward, right? And what does the man say? And he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. I'm closing with that because that's the only proper response. To believe in the, the God, the maker of heaven, the son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, and to fall at our feet in worship and adoration to him. Great is the mystery of godliness that Christ, God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world. We must believe in the Lord. We have to believe in Christ. And in so believing, we worship the Lord. Amen. The altars are open. Dee's going to begin to play and sing. But Father, I thank you, Lord, that you've made salvation and a right relationship with God and heaven. You've made it all dependent upon faith. We just have to believe the record that you've given of your son and then give ourselves to you to entrust our spiritual well-being into your hands. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's no, none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Lord, I pray for anyone here today, an honest seeker, God, that's not saved, and they want to be sure. They want to know that they have eternal life like we read in 1 John. And then know that their sins are forgiven. Know that when they die, they're going to heaven. Not wonder and wish and hope. If that's you today, this altar is open for you and the Lord's going to receive you. I want to pray with you to give your life to Christ. 
you come on up while we're singing. Now is the time of salvation. This is the time for you to give your life to Christ. And for you're here today and you know the Lord and you need your faith strengthened like we talked about in Sunday school. Maybe you need to be a greater witness for the Lord and a clearer bring a clearer presentation of Christ and witness for Christ to the world around you. Just come and ask God at this altar, Lord, forgive me for doubting. Help me to trust and believe. Strengthen my faith in the living God. And thank you, Father. And thank you, Jesus.